0: Real Life Real Crime is a true crime podcast brought to you by Woody Overton and executive producer Toby Tomplay in conjunction with iHeartRadio and Cloud 10 Media. was oversung yeah you thought you had it licked but detective overtone made your children turn to shit
1: This episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast may contain descriptions of acts of violence or that are of a sexual nature. It should be for people that are 18 years or older. Heed my warning, people. I did not get the facts of these cases off of the internet or from some television show. The facts I'm retelling you were presented to me by the victims of the crimes the perpetrators who committed the crimes against the victims. My description of the crime scenes are what I saw with my own two eyes. If you're going to get offended, please turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Woody Overton. And then y'all, doing something different again today. Um, and y'all, i want to preface this with all suspects are innocent until proven guilty. We're telling a story here, but all suspects are innocent until proven guilty. This is going to be a tough deal and, but it's a necessary deal. First of all, I want to say that Toby Tom Play is actually with me today. Toby.
2: Yo, what's up lifers
1: and is producing this. We're recording on an, at a remote location, so the sound quality, you know, he's a genius, and he'll he'll fix it the best that he can, but we have microphones set up, and I'm in a large room with five family members on this case I'm about to tell you about. So I apologize for any audio or uh, issues and what have you, and y'all, you know we're raw and unscripted and. I don't have any prepared questions or anything for what's about to go down, so you're gonna get it. You're gonna get it raw, and and it'll be what it'll be. So, y'all know I get requests from around the world, and certainly around the United States, I, uh, every day from around the United States for people to help me on their family's cases, and I'd said I wasn't gonna do any more. And I, I help, still help people. I tell them you know, how to file public information requests and stuff like that on their family's cases. But I would said I wasn't going to do any more. But then I had a bunch of lifers reaching out to me about this case that I'm about to tell you about. And, I mean, a lot. And a, a lot of my close personal friends, just an overwhelming amount Contact with Woody, will you please look into this? Woody, will you please look into this and try to help this family? And I put it off more so because I was busy and then I was sick and everything else. And I put it off, but finally, I was God led and, and I made the phone call. I returned the phone call to Miss um, Lori Cash. And I'm thinking, you know, I'll just give him some advice on when, how to get records, et cetera. Well, Jokes on me! Uh, you know, God had a different plan. Once I heard, once I started speaking with uh, Miss Laurie, and she told me the overall general facts of this case and what happened and where it's at. I felt I led to do this, and and we're going to tell this story. and it's important, and I want y'all to listen. And however long it goes, it goes. It doesn't matter. What matters is the story gets told. And once it's all out, then we'll figure out what our next step will be. So, but anyway, I I want to start with. I guess Miss Lori, we can start with you. Who, who wants to start? Who anybody? She's good. Okay. So <laughs> this is Miss Lori Cash. Right, can you say your name? Lori Cash. All right. (laughs) Miss Lori, where are you you from? Prairieville. Okay. And can you tell me just a quick, tell the listeners a real quick summary of how you reached out to me or how we got hooked up and and the reason why? Why are we here today?
3: Um, Reached out because um, our sister was murdered on March 29th.
1: And your sister's name? Mary Puget. Can you spell the last name?
3: P-O-U-R-C-I-A-U. Okay. And we haven't been getting a lot of answers. So um, a lot of people said to reach out to you that you could help.
1: Okay. And, and I don't know that I can help, but I, I can know I can tell a story. And, and, and with y'all, and, and hopefully we'll get, we'll, we'll get justice for your sister, Mary. Now, the deal is, y'all, this is not a cold case. Okay, this is not Courtney Coquet. Okay. This is not Miss Barbara Blunt, or any of the rest of the cold cases y'all contacted me about. March the ninth. I'm sorry, March the 29th is still recent. It's within the within the year, but there has been an investigation. But here's the main thing: this case, from what you provided me, and y'all, I just have a general override. Um, overall view of it but I've actually seen the death certificate on your sister and what is the cause of death listed on that death certificate
3: homicide
1: huh.
3: um, asphyxiation by manual strangulation
1: okay so that puts us out in front y'all it has already been classified as a homicide and we're going to leave it there for now but I want you to know this is a murder case. Homicide is defined as an illegal taking of a human life, all right, by another. Uh, so you know, out the gate, we're talking about the murder of Mary, okay? And and um, how old was your sister? How old was Mary? Fifty-seven. Fifty-seven years old, and okay. The, I'm going to go around the room real quick and introduce everybody else. Your name? Yeah, I'm horrible <coughs> names, y'all. That's I'll forget okay. <laughs> them. Okay. Uh,
4: Margaret Morgan.
1: Margaret Morgan. Was, uh, I'm uh,
4: two years younger than my sister Mary.
1: Okay. And where are you from?
4: Uh, well, I'm originally from here, but um, I've been living in Chattanooga since
1: 1987. Okay,
4: cool. All right. And? I'm Dorothy Schutz.
1: I live in Dentham Springs. Okay. In um
4: I'm the oldest.
1: The oldest. So how many five? Oh well, six there with was Mary, six right? Years. Okay. All right. Sir?
2: Lucius Poudreau. And uh, originally I mean we're from Pointe P parish, but I mean the you know, I lived in Urbanville all my adult life, with my raised my children and everything there. And uh I currently live now in French settlement. Okay.
3: All right.
4: I um, uh, live in
1: French settlement. Okay. been here 20 years. Okay. All right. So the, y'all are the siblings of Mary, right? And, and y'all, when he says he, he grew up in, in Point Capi and all that, for the listeners who are not from here, the or across, the, I call it across the river, right? So you got West Baton Rouge Parish and then Point Capi, is it uh, directly across from, you know, St. Francis or West Shanna Parish and stuff like that? So if you it, it, give it a little geographical information, um, the. Lori, tell me what kind of person uh, Mary was. Um,
3: mm-hmm. jeez. Uh, <coughs> well. She was a mama, I think, to all of us, (laughs) even though she was the third born. She was the mama to all of us. Um, She was.
1: It's okay. Cry. You want this. Take your time. She was. She kind of looked out for all of
4: y'all.
1: Yeah. That I gives guess, guess me goosebumps.
4: No. She was. Um, she was an angel. That's about the only way you really can describe her. Uh, she had oversight of all of us, <laughs> and um, uh, we didn't. We grew up with not a lot, um, and she and my brother uh, always made sure that we had was. Um, Uh, The type of family that if you had six of us and um, there was food, um, she'd give up her share to make sure that the younger ones ate. (laughs) Um, She was the kind that uh, sacrificed her life to make sure that those uh, that she loved had. And this was every person that she met. Yeah. I can uh, I can remember um, so many things about her, but I think the the most thing is I can remember her waking them up in the morning and uh, dressing them and carrying them to the bus station. And mm-hmm. keep in mind we're on a pretty stair step, so right. not a whole lot of changed. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, she didn't wake us up to dress us. She actually dresses while we're <laughs> sleeping. But- <laughs> She
0: gave, um... Real life, real crime.
1: Making content is an essential part of what I do to keep this show going. But it hasn't always been a seamless creative process. When I started out on Facebook, I didn't know how to do backgrounds or use different pictures, stagger my posts. You know, I, basically, I didn't know anything. Then I found Canva Pro. And it lets me design anything like a pro on any device. Design of a Canva Pro is amazingly fast and fun. Choose from thousands of templates that are easy to customize or start from scratch. Canva Pro is a design platform that empowers you to create and share stunning content in just a few clicks. Canva Pro has endless premium fonts. Photos, videos, and so much more that add personality and edge to whatever you're designing. I use it, y'all, my backgrounds. There's thousands of them you can choose from. Photographs, fonts, everything that I use. I I like to change it up. And I'm on so many different social media pages now. And now we have the Real Life Real Crime community app, right? Canva Pro has all these images and tools to help you make professional looking designs. Designing together has never been easier. Sharing, editing, and commenting in real time, Canva Pro helps you stay organized on the same page and on top of team projects. No more misplaced files or tedious back and forth. Plus, you and four teammates can unlock everything Canva Pro has to offer for just $12.99 a month. Y'all, I don't just use it. Cindy uses it. My daughter uses it. With Canva Pro's content planner, you'll save time planning, creating and posting social media content to pause schedule posts and edit them at any time. My favorite Canva Pro feature is delaying of the post so I can sit down and, and type out all these different posts and then schedule them through Canva Pro to be released at different times. It saves me a lot of time so I can bring you better content on real life real crime. Design like a pro with Canva Pro. Right now you can get a free 45 day extended trial when you use my promo code. Just go to slash rlrc to get your free 45 day extended trial. That's c a n v a dot m e slash rlrc. canvame rlrc.
4: I remember trying to go back to college. So I was a grown woman at that point, had a child. right? Life events had happened, and um, I went to college that day. There was like 100 people in the classroom. So I left because I couldn't feel like I could be around that many people. I'm more of an introvert. And um, the next day she went back to college with me. That's correct. She was um, always gave you the support and the encouragement to make sure you knew that you could uh, be anything that you wanted to be. That's awesome. That was um, she was giving.
1: So she went back with you to help you know that things yeah. were okay. Be the big sister this. and and that's that's a, that's beautiful.
4: There are so many stories that we could tell. Can can
1: you tell me more?
4: Mary, I'm the eldest, but Mary was my mama.
1: Yeah.
4: She, um, She helped me through so many difficult times in my life. She never found no one blaming anybody.
3: It's like losing your mother all over again.
4: When she, when I lost my son, she was the one who made sure that I could get through day by day.
1: It's okay.
2: All right. Well, I think as you can hear, she was a supporter. I mean, she was someone who really, uh, she didn't really judge, but we was kind of raised that way. You know, you kind of take people uh, for the good. Uh, not like, she, you know, was it wasn't as she was perfect. Uh, none of us are in this world. Right. But she was a good person. I mean, she, she had a tough life, tough childhood, and she didn't, she had a tough, tough Adulthood. I mean, you know, she, she battled a lot of things with families and stuff, but she was a supporter. She stayed strong. She was an independent, strong person. For being such a small little woman, she was a scrapper, you know, as we would say. She was someone who, you know, would support. She had your back, and didn't matter if you was family or not. Once she loved you, you were family. So, and, you know, we were uh, very close, you know, uh, so... Uh, obviously when it comes to things like that, you can drift, in families, you can drift apart at times, but when things are really important or when things are, you know, when you're up against a wall, you always knew you had someone like Mary, and she would be the one. She'd be the first one to call you and let you know she was there, whatever you needed to do. She would support you. uh, But she was also someone who believed in what was right. Mary wasn't someone who would, uh, you know, take a punt, you I know, mean, say something to someone and let you take a cheap way out. If you was wrong, she'd call you out. She was blunt. She yeah, was honest about cool. it. But she did it in a caring way. But she would also let you know you were wrong, you know, and that you should do right by it. And I think that was that motherly instinct in her. I think she tried to nourish, you know, nourish a lot of people when yeah. it came to that. I mean, she would be quick to stand by you. She loved you, but she would also let you know if you She'll were disappointed, tell you the truth. if you were wrong, right. if you screwed up. Right. You know, so that's that was Mary. In, in my way, in my view, she was always someone who was that you can go to and get an honest, non biased opinion. Right. She would give you the truth.
1: She's going to tell you how the cow ate the cat. She ate
2: tell you how the cow ate the cat <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and we were all raised that way, but she was definitely one that right. you would rely on for such knowledge right. And, right. and such.
1: Can you, tell me, can you tell
4: me? Well, no, I mean, She was definitely that way. And you might not like what she had to say. Right. Um, might be mad at her for a little bit. But then she was still calling you the next day. Right. And she wasn't just there for siblings and her kids. I mean, all of our kids. She's yeah. made important things for them. Yeah. You know, so they're all having a hard time, too. Yeah. Because she just was there for all of them. And yeah. we have a big family. Right. But she was there for
1: the most part, for the big accomplishments. And all of our kids are Yeah. yeah. So she's a big giver. A, for sure. Uh, a giver, but honest. Mm-hmm. and But she believed in doing what's right. Yeah. Right? And y'all being here today is a, is a testament to that, right? I know this is not easy. And my heart goes out to you. And, and it's a fraternity or, or it's a club that nobody wants to be a member of having a loved one murdered and no matter how many times I do it or I I cover them or I work them it never gets any easier um but from what I just heard all y'all say I guarantee you if it was one of y'all that had been murdered she'd be the first one in this ring and 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 Everything she said, Believing and doing what's right. Standing up and telling the truth. And letting you know how the cow eat the cabbage and all that. Well, guess what? Now it's time. Maybe I'll give up pieces of that back. You're doing it already. By being here and having the courage to stand up and tell Mary's story. So, the... um. I don't know. There's nothing I can say that's going to make it any easier. All right? But it, it, I always like to ask a question like this. So do you, what was her favorite thing to eat?
4: Everything. Everything.
1: <laughs> she, she was
4: picky, but she still ate everything. Because she cooked good?
1: Yeah. yeah. Most people from across the river can <laughs>
4: She cooked good gumbo. That was <laughs> that was her
3: signature dish yeah, for Christmas yeah. and stuff. But she made the gumbo. Right. She ate yeah. everything and never gained an ounce.
1: Right, really? little, yeah. little. We all yeah.
3: gained it for her watching her eat all the food. <laughs>
1: yeah, but it must have been all that caregiving and just energy, some, energy burning. She wasn't
4: no like bigger
1: food. than a twig. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> was she, a, she? Was she a happy person? Mm-hmm. It was just, yeah,
3: she was a happy person. It's like. Last night, one of her granddaughters posted on Facebook that um, how she, you know, she's going to miss her for Christmas because Mary gave up everything to make sure everyone else had. Yeah. I mean, literally. If it meant she worked all of her life um, very hard, um, pretty much in the mortgage business, um, and didn't have anything to show for it because literally she gave it all away.
1: But it sounds like um, that's what made her happy there. It is. I mean, yeah, um,
3: it is. She 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 didn't like to see anybody go without. So, yeah. you know, um, she made sure all of her grandkids had Christmas, no matter what that meant, yeah. um, no matter what she didn't have. You know, and she went without probably most of her life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I don't mean your normal average, <clears throat> um, you know, Like, a lot of people think they're sitting in a big house and two cars outside, you know, and, um, you know, doing well. Um, Mary didn't live like that. Mm -hmm. She really lived very, very modest. I don't know how. Almost poor, Poor, to be honest with you.
4: Frugal, maybe.
3: No, No, probably poor. (laughs) In today's time, probably, yeah, poor. poor. Um, But yet worked and was a good employee, dedicated. But she... Constantly gave to everyone else.
1: Yeah. Wow.
3: So. Okay. But yes, she was a happy person.
1: All right. Wow. So let's, let's talk about how old was, was she? 57. 57. The, who wants to tell a little bit about the, um, adult part of our life? In, in in the recent years, marriages or relationships or whatever, she's
3: yeah. She she was married. Um, Same name. Yeah. Um, she was married to Gerald, but we call him Peanut Pusheo, for forty two years. <coughs> they met when she was 13, 13 12
2: some like that round. Yeah, I saw. And she, yeah. Go ahead, you go ahead, No, I'm just saying, yeah, they were. 42 years really is a long time ago. Yeah. yeah, and that was. Uh, I remember I had to go chaperone them on a date the first day because, <laughs> yeah. so they can go out to a movie, I yeah. think, to go see a movie back in the time when we would go to the movie or something. But yeah, we went to high school together, and, you know, and so, uh, it, you know, it was childhood sweethearts, really. I mean, that's really how I can best describe it. I mean, you know, they were, they, you know, you know, fell in love and, uh, and got married very young. I mean, Mary was, I think, right around 15 or 16, 15 or 16. Close to 16, right. uh, which, when they got married, uh, it was a struggle because, you know, nobody really, family, wants someone to get married that young, but, um, uh, but she was determined to do it. Like I said before, she was very independent and she was someone she was going to do what she really wanted to do. And so, she was very smart. She made really good grades in school, uh, brain track, cheerleader, things like that. So it was kinda of hard uh to see that happen at the time at the age it was, but uh it seemed really good, you know, for her, you know, that's what she wanted and she was happy. So that's what you want in someone. So um but yeah that from, from that to till to the time she died, you know, I mean uh she stayed married to the same person. Uh they definitely had The difficulties, like a lot of marriages will have, Uh, and I guess that's really what's hard is because the people that you know that you have as in-laws, and I'm like double (laughs) connected to them because actually I end up my marriage uh, was to uh, my brother-in-law's aunt, so you know by marriage, uh, not through blood, but I was actually my brother-in-law's uncle by marriage, you know, so to speak, so. so we would always be together, a lot of four of us would you know when we was very young, uh me and my first wife and uh which I stayed married to for twenty three years and that's where I lived in Irvingville, but uh the you know we would always be a lot together, so with the kids and things like that, we were very close. Me and Mary were literally like a year apart, she was a year younger than me so and I was the only boy, so she almost everywhere we went to school she was in the same school as me just happened to be that way, whether it was an elementary, middle school or high school, she, me and her were pretty much always together. So <clears throat> it made it really where we were always really close. So she stuck by me a lot, you know, so, mm-hmm. and I so you know, for her adult life, like I said, she was a hard worker. Um, she loved her kids.
1: How many, how many kids? Yeah. She,
2: she had three. And so, uh, very smart kids, very wonderful kids. Uh, but as most life will throw, <clears throat> they had difficulties. They, they got, you know, um, a disease with drug addiction. Mm-hmm. And so they battled that and, that, and, and still do in some right. cases. Right. Uh, and it took them down very dark roads that they probably wouldn't want to go down if they could have clear mind. Okay. But she, when I say sacrificed and loved her kids... That was one of the things. I mean, she, she would try to set them on the right page, try to have hard love, but still she would do whatever she could do to help them with their kids or anything else. So it was a very trying and stressful and disappointing times for her at times. You know, right. she she was very private about certain things. She really didn't like to talk about the bad stuff. She'd rather talk about the good things and laugh and stuff, uh, But there's a few times that she would confide in each, probably each one of us at our own time, not together, uh, but about the challenges and the difficulties that she was having children, life, marriage, everything, just like we all would, being close siblings.
1: Right.
0: Wow. Real
2: life,
0: real crime.
1: Hey, ladies. Cindy and I travel a lot, and she's used to shaving with Athena Club's world-class razors with hyaluronic acid in them, right? And on the last trip we went on, she forgot her razor. Athena Club makes the best razors. She loves them. Well, guess what happened on this trip? She had to go buy a cheap razor, not a well-built razor, and she ended up nicking and cutting her legs, and it looked like crud. Athena Club's razor is designed with built-in skin guards to help prevent razor burn while being gentle and curves. The best part is the razor kit is only $9 and comes with two blade heads, a magnetic hook for a shower storage, and your choice of handle color. Cindy loves the sky blue. The razor blade is surrounded by a water activated serum with shea butter and hyaluronic acid, which is a holy grail for skincare. And the razor has six color options, but they also have black and white razors which I've never seen before from other brands. Plus, you'll never have to worry about running out of refills or being stuck with dull, overused razors. You can choose how often replacement blades are sent to you with free shipping. That means fresh, ready-to-use razors always arrive right when you need them. Also, you have to try their Cloud Shave Foam. Cindy hadn't used Shave Foam in so long, but now that she's used a Cloud Shave Foam, she says it's a premium experience to nourish her skin while shaving. Show your skin you care with the Athena Club razor kit. Sign up today and you'll get 20% off your first order. Just go to athenaclub.com and use promo code R-L-R-C. That's A-T-H-E-N-A-C-L-U-B.com with Promo code RLRC for 20% off. We've ordered an extra razor. Now she has one that she's packed in her luggage. She loves it. Go to athenaclub.com. Use promo code RLRC for 20% off. Okay, so um, let's, let's go to, let's say the last year or two. Where was she living before she moved? And, and
3: Well, they moved to Albany um, years ago. They lived in Urbanville when they got married, and then they, um, after I don't even know how many years, they moved to Livingston Parish, um, Dental Springs, and then they moved to Albany, pretty much trying to Get their kids in a better situation, thinking that somehow that would maybe help. Um, so they moved out to Albany, and um, a year before she passed, um, or so, they moved back to Irwinville.
1: Well, it's it's, a, it's okay. Oh, what the I think it's important in the context and when we we talk in general in. Certainly, I don't have any direct knowledge of, of of things, and nobody in this room was was you know was present in a room if somebody was doing something wrong or whatever. But the first of all, let me say this: and and everybody is innocent until proven guilty. Okay, and and on on a case like this, it, what But there's, um, back up, everybody's innocent until proven guilty, but everybody that's in prison had to become a suspect at some point, and the case had to be worked, and then you get arrested or indicted, and you go to trial or you plea out and you go to prison, okay? Uh, um, But on a story like this, I think it's important that we tell some of the base facts. We don't, don't say names or... We can't. We won't even call them facts. They, you, you could tell if you're comfortable with saying what Mary told you the reason they moved from Albany back to Irwinville. The reason why the, in the overall context of things, it's going to be important what we tell about okay. what happened. Okay. Um, her husband Peanut
3: was having an affair um they moved away from Albany back to Urbanville to get away from the female that he was having the affair with
1: and you you know this how or uh, y'all know this
3: well, I know this because Mary told me, and he admitted it to me himself
1: and okay he me. and he told you also okay um
3: so, so they, it's it's
1: it's common knowledge then yes, i it mean not, not only did she tell y'all but he admitted it to uh, at least some of y'all and and so that was going on in Albany with whomever. Uh, uh, we won't say names or what have you, even though y'all <laughs> certainly know. Uh, um, so they moved from Albany back to Irwinville. Sounds kind of like a pattern, maybe like you were saying, sir, that, that, you know, they, or they moved to the LP to help maybe try to get the kids in a different situation away from the narcotics scene, what have you, to Denham and then to Albany and then now he's had this affair and to take themselves out of that situation or maybe to take the, the temptation away from him from doing that or whatever they move back to Irwinville and when did they move back to Irwinville
3: um, it was, like what was two, it, two years two, two years okay. before she passed okay
1: and and um, but I, I'm going to say this and this is going to sound really hard it's, but it's it's this is this I can prove, or at least this this is what the state of Louisiana says. She didn't just pass; she was murdered. No, you're right, and and and, right. And, and that I don't want the people to lose sight of that. We have the death certificate Correct. that she was murdered, by <coughs> she was strangled, and right. that's why we're in this room today.
3: Yes, right?
1: and um, but I understand it's easier for you to say yeah. pass,
3: right? I get that. Mm-hmm.
1: So they moved back to Irwinville, and what happens?
3: He had had a year-long affair. Um, so they moved back to Irwinville. Um, she tried to was trying to make it work. Make it work. Um, Forty-two having, years
1: is a long time. Exactly. Right, right?
3: I can't even begin to imagine. Right. I've right. never had that. So I, you know, I didn't judge her for that. Um, did tell her when she asked my opinion that I don't think I could but again I'm not her and I've never been in a forty-two year marriage to say what I would or wouldn't do so that I would back her whatever she chose to do. Um, So they moved back. She was not happy there. She did not... She didn't want to go back. Um, She didn't want to leave her home even though it wasn't much of one. It was hers. Um, But she went um, because it was just she easier. thought maybe it would be easier. Um, you know, out of sight, out of mind, I guess. And so um, she moved back and they moved into a, they rented a mobile home. Um, actually, a mobile home that has been in their family, in Peanuts' family for, I don't even know what year this mobile home is. Probably 1920 or something, I don't know. <laughs> <is it? laughs> no, um, but it's
2: been a while. <laughs> it's an older home. It's an older single wide But it was wire. their family home. Yeah, but it was. It was yeah.
3: one of their family. Um, his mother passed away there. His sister passed away there.
1: In um, that home?
3: In that wow. mobile home. Correct. Um, and she hated it. She was miserable. But.
1: And you know this because y'all talked all the time.
3: We did. Yeah. We yeah. talked yeah. on a daily basis, um, sometimes multiple times a day. <laughs>
4: um, she, but, she always talked about moving out this way. Yeah. Back it, to where we
0: are.
2: And she right. struggled with it. I mean, yeah. this wasn't, you know, she didn't just move. She, she actually moved out the house for a while before yeah. they did that. She actually, while I was in Germany uh, for three years, she stayed in, I had a little investment house that we had, uh here and uh, that I actually live in right now. She actually stayed in it for a while. And it gave her peace, she said, and she it gave her time to think what she wanted to do. So she confided a lot, you know, yeah. with me through texts and a few... Uh, you know, face-to-face phone calls that you can do while you're international. So we would have video calls and stuff like that, and I would show her snow and stuff like that, yeah. snow, you know. And it would, and and basically she felt like it was good. So I would go to places like this or see certain things. I would try to video call her if I could and let her see something because she felt like she was living it through our. I uh, said so, Yeah, yeah. She, she she again she was very happy that someone in the family was getting a chance to do these things. Yeah. Uh, so she she had a, a time to kinda of sit and reflect and what she wanted to do and she you know, she told me, you know, it was not something she really wanted to do, but it was forty something years, right? right so right. you know, you're gonna try to make it work. Right. And, and and she knew how close I was uh, to my brother in law. And I think it kind of helped her at times to talk to me, and look, you know, from a man's perspective, being her only brother, you know, and uh, and I gave him the benefit of the doubt, you know, and I I actually said, you know, people make mistakes. You try to move on. You don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Things that she would already know, but it was good to hear someone else maybe say it. Right.
1: And uh, well, you were supporting her.
2: I moment. was trying to support right, her. Right. That's right, and I would support her. And she was able to live there if she wanted to live there, and she knew that, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but then she told me that she was going to go ahead and try to give another shot and make the best of it, you know.
4: And okay. we talked a lot. Uh, I lived um, in in Tennessee, and so uh, we probably do a lot more by like text message that type of type of thing um or talk on the phone late at night. Um she was not um she was going back, but she there was not trust there at all. And she um, at all did not feel as though the um relationship had ended, even though they had moved too
1: overville. Yeah, you, you mean the affair he was having yeah. in Albany that right. he, he disclosed and he
4: yeah. Um, she had come up to uh, my place a couple of times and we had talked because um, the future was looking as though they were going to uh, travel together and they were coming to Kentucky which is very close to where I live and uh, so we had made a bunch of plans uh, together um I knew that she was uh, checking his phone. Um, There was a lot of doubt there. There was still a lot of arguments going on between them uh, over the affair. Um, There was times that he left and he would be gone for a while that didn't make sense with the story per se that he would uh, share with her Uh, so she was uh, she was keeping her eyes very open right and she had uh, full intentions of coming up there even though they had bought a travel trailer but she would have her car and that uh, and she came out and told me that if she needed to leave she had a way right um I knew uh my, my my, brother-in-law, if that's what you want to call him at this point, um, had a drinking problem. And that drinking problem went back from when they were first together. When my sister and him got married, um, I lived practically at their house in Smithfield. In Irvinville, and uh, he drank tons, and he was extremely violent. This was everybody in the community knew. So this was a history. So part of them um, moving away, also from Irvinville, to begin what was to get away from some of these family dynamics and some um, hopefully to hit the reset button, so right. to speak. Right. Uh, which kind of got them moving more towards Denham Springs. Before they moved to Irvinville, I was aware that my brother-in-law had started back drinking. Okay. Did I personally see him drink? No, because I was living in Chattanooga, but my sister had made me aware, and she would call me late at night. Sometimes we'd be on the phone 1 o'clock in the morning, and he'd be pulling in, and she'd say, I got to go, I got to go. She would pretend that she was sleeping. Mm-hmm. Real life, real crime.
1: Hey y'all, let me tell you about Warby Parker, the new concept in eyewear. Warby Parker was founded with a rebellious spirit and a lofty goal to create boutique quality eyewear at a revolutionary price point, offering eyeglasses, sunglasses, contact lenses, and eye exams. Warby Parker is committed to providing exceptional vision care online and in stores, offering eyeglasses, sunglasses, eye exams, and contact lenses. Glasses start at $95, including prescription lenses. Try Warby Parker's free home trial and program. Order five pairs of glasses to try at home for free for five days. There's no obligation to buy. It ships free and includes a prepaid return shipping label. Don't let your FSA or HSA dollars go to waste. Put them to good use on Warby Parker's prescription glasses, prescription sunglasses, contact lenses, and eye exams. Try five pair of glasses at home for free at warbyparker.com slash R-L-R-C. Look, y'all, I took the Warby Parker quiz. I ordered my try-on at-home vision kit. It arrived with five different pairs of glasses. I picked the styles that I used after taking the quiz that Warby Parker said might be right for my face. And so I got them in, tried them on. I, I actually like three out of the five so much I, want, I wanted to buy all three pair. But I picked the, the one I like. Warby Parker styles range from extra narrow to extra wide to fit all face shapes. They're awesome. They fit my face just right. It was easy. They fit great. The quality the glasses are great. And the, the program could just couldn't be any easier. Warby Parker also carries a wide variety of contact lens brands, including Acuvue and BioAffinity. You can save 15% on your first order of contacts, no promo code needed. Blue light filtering lenses are now available. They filter more blue light than their standard polycarbonate or high-index lenses. Warby Parker partners with nonprofits like VisionSpring to ensure that for every pair of glasses sold, a pair is distributed to someone in need. Y'all, the only glasses I'm ever gonna see again that you're ever gonna see me wear again is Warby Parker's. Try five pair of glasses at home for free at WarbyParker.com/rlrc.
4: Okay. So um, the, 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 I say that because there's there's a long history there.
1: Yeah, this was I want to ask you um, the you said about the long history of the drinking, but he said, uh, violence and it, it was known. Was he ever arrested for domestic violence or anything or?
4: No, he was never arrested to my knowledge uh, for domestic uh, violence, uh, especially when it was much when he was younger, which is me know a little bit, uh, more along that lines than what I do. Uh, I was just there to see it at that time.
1: But you've, you you so say you've actually witnessed it? Yes. And physical putting a, his hands his on her. hands on her.
4: I think we all pretty much have.
1: I so, say, or were we talking about just like uh, throwing around or or fists or choking? What do you tell me? I, I well,
4: it's one of the main things that he had a habit of doing was, was choking her. It was actually his go to uh, was was grabbing and choking, slinging, throwing against a wall, having you up against a wall, punch the wall on the side of okay. you, that sort of, so kind of thing. So the
1: listeners couldn't see what you just did. When you said, oh against the wall, you were holding your hand up like, yeah. uh, like it be around her neck. Yeah. So when you put against the wall, you've seen this. Mm-hmm. Hands around, and they, uh, y'all, uh, they can't hear your head shakes, but they're, numerous of them are shaking their heads in agreement so you've seen him put her up against the wall by the throat yes yep okay
4: that they could be in the bedroom and he would shove her across you know where she fell down onto the bed and he would get on top of her and sometimes he would hit her and sometimes he would strangle her
1: Okay, and 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 y'all have actually seen this. Yes, yes. This I is, stayed there with and them. you. Stayed there with him. You've seen it, and you've seen yes,
0: it. I would go in and out.
4: Right. Smithfield. I would stay there because at that time I was in. This was a, a, a sorry. Go ahead. This this was a rage for him when he drank. I mean, yes. This this was a common. Um, it was something that they boasted on, uh, in the community of his uh, craziness. So, it,
1: kind of saying a mean drunk.
4: Yeah, he yeah. mean okay, He would right. pick fights, fight, uh, go to bars, and
0: yeah,
4: have big <coughs> fights and things, and, and, and we just may know more about that, because yeah. uh, he was probably seen a lot more in the bars than what I did. I saw more at the home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: he, I mean, he had, you know, known him from very young. I mean, I mean, I've been knowing Peanut since we was in Pee Wee Baseball together, you know. So um, Peanut was someone who couldn't drink, and if he was here today, sitting here, he would he would admit that mm-hmm. he, he's not, he can't drink, can't handle it. He can't handle it, right? And he and they and they and they know that the whole. There's not a person that's in the family, whether it's Mary's side or his side, or even in the community, that would. Not tell you that.
1: Safe to say that it's not a person that's seen him drink that knows right. he can't handle this. Matter of fact, it's right. been
2: the other way around. Usually, if if you hung around Peanut long enough drinking, then you've seen him fight, mm-hmm. and you may even been involved in it.
1: Right. You know, I, right. Uh,
2: we were so close. I was one of the ones that he, we never fought. Me and him right. personally. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, we grabbed each other, pushed each other, but never threw licks. But, uh, and that was a miracle. Most people in the family would say it was because we were closer than brothers. Yeah. We we really were. Um, uh, but he had a long history of when he drank. He was, uh, uh, very violent and can be very violent. Didn't matter whether it was people or animals. Right. When he drank. Really. Okay. So, uh.
1: Animals meaning like kick the dogs, dogs like or that. anything yeah. like
2: that. Yeah. I mean, you know. Wow. It's kind of a known thing, you know. Yeah. So, uh.
4: When he quit drinking, the
2: family all used to just laugh about it because he had quit <clears throat> right. drinking for so many years. Well, he quit drinking because of the violence. because yes. he the he was a, a sheriff deputy, uh, you know, and uh, not a road deputy, but he was the warden uh, for the jail, and so it was yeah. common knowledge of his violence. And so he actually uh, got released. Because of a fight that he had with his uncle, which was his mother's brother, uh, and they argued, and he actually stabbed him three times in the chest. So okay. threw him in the back of the truck, took him to his mother's, and you know, that's when they had to take him to the hospital, of course, and you know, call the ambulance and stuff like that to try to save the uncle, which he did. He was he wasn't killed. And he refused to press charges because it was family.
1: Let, let, let me interrupt you real quick. I'm sorry. The, um, back to for, where was he warden? Which parish? West Baton Rouge. West Baton Rouge parish. Okay, and then he stabbed
2: his uncle.
1: During a drinking episode. Yes. Stabbed him three times.
2: Yep.
1: Yeah. I think it was three. Yeah, well, he definitely stabbed him. A couple times at the chest, yes. And I mean. He almost
2: died. Yeah, he was, yeah, yeah. And, and, out and several of his teeth with a crowbar. Really? Yeah.
1: Knocked out his teeth with a crowbar and stabbed him. Yeah. Mm. Alright, and thank well, God. Well, look,
2: and, and in his defense, the, the uncle came at him with a knife Okay. in a fight, Right. and he grabbed the crowbar, knocked his teeth out, went through <clears> one <throat> side of the mouth and out the other side, Jeez, and the, he dropped the knife, so he grabbed it, stabbed That's him, sweet. and then threw him in the back of the truck. Right. wow that's how that's the type of peanut but that's when uh after he got arrested and was put in jail west Baton Rouge jail and that's when the sheriff released him okay at yeah. that
1: time okay and it, that this has been a while ago or oh yeah, oh, yeah.
2: That, yeah was that was a long time 25 ago. years 30 okay. years ago. yeah I, I can't remember the year but it was uh Maybe eighties, something like that, early eighties, something like that. Yeah. I'm trying to think. But uh that was that's when he quit drinking. Yeah, I mean yeah. turkey. Right. never took another drink and that I was aware of and because he knew right. that if he ever drank again, that it would probably right. be to his you know demise. And until recently right. that I think a lot of us was made aware that he had started drinking again, which I got concerned about I think a lot of people would get concerned about it. If they knew he would drink again because he he couldn't handle right. liquor and uh and he was very violent when he drank right you know
1: and 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 the basically the demons came out when he drank it yeah. even he recognized oh, yeah.
2: and and, so. and it was it it was a disease i mean right. you know, i mean right. it it really was i mean someone who can't to drink to that level it's it's a disease for them
1: so let me let me ask all this. We moved back to Irwinville to get away from the uh, uh, affair in Albany and sp- the drinking started back.
3: The drinking had already started back. Oh, it had already started. She told me the drinking had started. She was sure it started around the same time that he started having the affair. Okay. Um, realized that it was our mother who... Um, helped him kick the habit. Um, we grew up with a very extreme alcoholic, just to give you some background, because I'm sure people will be saying, well, why did she stay with him, but, um, we grew up with an extreme alcoholic father. Um, there was all types of abuse that you only read about, at least I hope only most people read about it, but we actually mm-hmm. endured it. Um, <clears throat> and that went on for a lot of years. So this was common um or maybe maybe common's not the word that I'm looking for but it was almost comfortable, it was normal. It's what yeah. we, we it's what knew what she did. Knew. It's what, it's, what yeah, right. right. It's it's what we all knew and it's definitely what she knew, especially going from all of that um well, straight into a relationship at thirteen. At the,
1: right. At the young of age. Right. She that's that's you know, yep. obviously y'all y'all have your own families mm-hmm. and done your own things. So not everybody that is as as a um victim of abuse grows up to be abusers right. whatever, right? There's right. your your survivors. But at her young age it sound like she even had the chance to Know anything different, right?
3: No. Okay. And um, our mother passed in two thousand and two. Sorry. Um. So she did. She, we all adored Peanut. Um. I th- think this is very hard for us. Period. Um. But they, he was sober for over thirty years. To, to all of our knowledge.
1: And he and, was sober for and, over thirty years, but y'all, he was
3: away from Urbanville
1: Okay, and y'all talked. Mary would have told you, and oh, she, yeah. she told you when okay. the drinking started. Okay. Go back to Irwinville, and the I want, what I'd like to do now is, is, is we're going to wrap up this first session, listeners. Mm-hmm. But I, um, we're going to wrap it up with the preface of what happened in Irwinville. And this would have been before any of y'all knew about it. And, and what happened was on March the tw- 29th, a 911 call was placed from the uh, re- their residence. Yes. Okay. And in we'll, we'll, we'll this episode with this 911 call, and what I want y'all to do is, as listeners, listen to this. And the next episode, we're going to start with everything that happened or hasn't happened in this investigation.
0: Okay? One baton ridge number one where is your ma- emergency ma'am ma- ma- i got an emergency on, on uh on uh patricia street
2: now.
0: what's the one address two four? hold on what's the address hold on ma'am Ooh. On one, two four five three 12453 patricia avenue 12453 patricia avenue yes ma'am yes ma'am what's going on my mom is going, she's cold, she's not, she's going cold, she's sick, you no, I need, I need your so Okay, ambulance. take a couple of deep breaths for me. She's cold, you said? All right, all right, all right, please. Your grandmother is cold? Yes, yeah, she's not breathing. And does she have a pulse? Does she have a pulse? Around. No, she don't have a pulse. Okay, hold on one, is she on hospice? No, no, she's not on hospice. Okay. Hold on one second. On you got What's your name? Tyler All right, Tyler. Hold on one second. I'm going to transfer you over to Katie. I want to get the fire department in right, okay? All right. Come on, please get up. Good. For a it's just that's where they are transfer. The address is 12453 3 Patricia Avenue. Your cross street is called Feld. All right. And what's going on there? Hello. Yes, ma'am. Yes, yes sir. sir. I need, a, I need, a, I need a help over here at 12453 4, Patricia Avenue in Urbanville. Okay. Well, my mom's not breathing. I, I, need, I need somebody here right now. Okay, she's on the floor right now? Where? Yes, yeah, she? she's on the floor, man. I, right now, she's not breathing. She has no pulse. When's the last time anybody saw her? My, my, my mom was doing in here with her last night. Okay, she was doing fine walking clothes. Is she, feeling, is she cold to the touch right now? Yes, yeah, she's cold to the touch, buddy. Okay. I need help right now. Okay, I got him that way. <laughs> How old is she? She's 55, 57? 57. 57. Yes sir. yes sir okay all right okay they're fitting that way to help you out buddy they should be there shortly yes sir i need any kind of medical problems no? <laughs> she has copd buddy okay six years all right all you right. gotta get somebody here as fast as y'all can please yeah, they're on the way what is your name sir i'm joseph Thomas, all right, Mr. Joseph. and a phone number for you 55 six all right, so I got the yeah, Okay. Okay. Sure on day, quick. Buddy. On quick, buddy.
1: All right. Thanks, uh, As you know, LOPA, Louisiana Oregon Procurement Agency, is my jam. My, um, we're back on my thousand percent. And be a hero, give the gift of life or sight or all the good stuff that they do. And if you are a lifer from
2: Sao Paulo, Brazil.
1: Sao Paulo, Peru. <laughs> give me another
2: <laughs> one. Point Coupé Parish.
1: Uh, if you're a lifer from Point Coupee Parish and you want to sign up, go to lopa.org, take a minute, sign up, be a hero, give it the gift of life. And I'm Woody Overton, your host of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. Until next time or ever. Don't let me catch you down on murder by you. Peace.
0: Get ready, Real Life Real Crime is a true crime podcast brought to you by Woody Overton and executive producer Toby Tomplay in conjunction with iHeartRadio and Cloud 10 Media.